Hello everyone, Dr. Chris Martinson here with a very, very important episode series. This is part two, or it's number two in the episode series. We're gonna be talking about the lockdown files was part one, and then here, well, how did the lockdowns actually work and what went on? We've been talking about it before, but we have to carry on this conversation about the psychological operations that were conducted against you and me and everybody else. And as we know, some people fell deep down into that psyops hole and they seem lost for the moment. So how did that happen? We have to talk about it. We're gonna talk about these psychological operations and um, carry on. So, well, first up, we have to understand the UK was particularly atrocious about this. It was kind of ground zero for a lot of really awful badness. Uh, and so here we see Susan Mitchie and Robert West, a couple of people out of the Behavioral Science Subcommittee of SAGE. Uh, and they right here, Let's get my drawing tool out because we'll just have to do this draw, yeah. They said here, uh, a substantial number of people still do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. Well, this isn't a hidden statement that was caught on a hot mic somewhere that was at this accidentally released. This is them proudly putting out on their website how they were operating. And they wrote there that a substantial number of people still do not feel personally sufficiently threatened. And of course, I'm talking about Susan Mitchie here and Robert West, these fine people. Remember the banality of evil says that they don't look particularly, just look like people to me. But look at what they wrote here. A substantial number of people still do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. Now, as we know from the earlier episode I just did in 2020, Matt Hancock and Boris Johnson were noting that old people seemed to be more affected and people with comorbidities and that there was an age stratification and it wasn't a one size fits all. COVID doesn't strike everybody equally. It strikes zero people below the age of 20, more or less statistically speaking, relatively more people above the age of 80. It's actually an exponential curve. We knew this. So they don't say here a substantial number of elderly people with comorbidities do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. They write a substantial number of people, one block. Obviously they're smarter than that. They're not that stupid. Nobody's that stupid, right? I hope, but that's not how they're framing it. They're saying, gosh, until everybody's afraid sufficiently, we can't achieve what we want, right? So what do they want? The perceived level of personal threat needs to be increased among those who are complacent using hard-hitting emotional messaging. Complacent about what exactly? If I'm under the age of 20 and I have literally a 0% chance of dying from this thing if I'm healthy, um, what, 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 why am I, what, what needs to be, why do I need hard-hitting emotional messaging to knock me out of my complacency into what? So now, presumably, if you're successful, Susan and Bob, uh, you know what's gonna happen? I will now be a stressed out young person who will then be subject to more diseases of all different kinds because as we know, as you know, right? Stress, sleep, adequate vitamin D, eating well, exercise, these are the hallmarks of having a healthy prepared terrain so that you will be healthy against not just COVID, but any of the particular threats that might be out there, including meningeo, meningeococcus, um, maybe uh, flu viruses, um, any of the other viruses that, or bacteria that are out there, right? They know this, right? 
but they don't care because a substantial number of people still do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. So they say, we got to dial up the fear rhetoric. We got to make them hard hitting emotional messaging. Well, were they successful? Well, this is the UK nudge unit. They ran psychological operations out of the military in Canada. They had nudge units operating in the UK. They had them operating in New Zealand and of course in the United States. So all those places they were using hard hitting emotional messaging. Was it successful? Well, yeah, absolutely it was. Oprah Winfrey says she didn't leave her home for almost a full year during the COVID-19 panic. Notice I said panic, not pandemic. Um, let me just, yeah, let me just get rid of these. Let's get rid of the DEM here, cross those out. Yeah, because that's what it was. It was just, they were, Oprah Winfrey fell for it. Smart lady, plenty of resources, has good advisors, I assume. They all fell for it because that's how good the messaging and the psychological operations were. And we, there's horror stories out here, like after two years writing in mom.com, somebody's writing in for a little, a little help, you know, this is a, just a, what can I do? After two years of COVID, my son doesn't want to leave the house for forever. This is a damaged kid now, doesn't want to leave the house. So this is the impact. This is grotesque. This woman's son, I'm just going to project here a little bit, probably under the age of 20, Guess what? Um, could be younger because it's in mom.mom under kids. I don't know how old this guy is, but he was statistically facing almost zero threat from COVID. Statistically speaking, her son should have been far more worried about driving in a car, um, failing to chew his food properly. There would be much higher risks actually than that. The impact carries on. Uh, here's Erica Marsh writing February 27th this year, 2023. Hi, my name is Erica, she, her, proud Democrat, fully vaccinated and boosted, still wear two masks wherever, whenever I go out and support Ukraine. So that's like, that's like the, that's like the, the, the hat trick of menticided individuals at this point in time, right? Um, got my pronouns, going to identify with my identity party politics. I'm going to tell you I support Ukraine and I'm fully vaccinated. And I'm wearing masks. I mean, it's just like, um, it's more than that. That's the quintuple hat trick right there. But this is the impact. So these people bought into this hard hitting emotional messaging and it really screwed their lives up big time. And some of them are gonna have a very hard long road back from the level of psychological dysregulation that they got shoved into. Wow, are you starting to feel like maybe you are a victim of a PSYOP or people you know are? It's tough, I get it. So what we've done to meet that need of making it less tough is assembled an extraordinary tribe of people at peak prosperity. Hey, we do things like uh, this, which is uh, boiling maple syrup here, which is what you see us doing here. We, uh, this is the rest of Honey Badger Farm out behind me. We talk about ways you can be resilient with respect to your money, your emotional state, your food security, your community, friends, all of that, all of that's on the table. So. For a limited time, for the next 25 people who sign up, we're gonna be giving 15% off so you can just come and try the membership out. We're a great tribe of people. I know you're gonna love it over there. So come on by, check out a Peak Prosperity membership, use this code and get 15% off. I covered this a while back. This was a paper 
and there are several others like this, but this was a Yale study, and this was about messaging that they were, did a clinical trial on where they exposed people to different messaging and then asked them, hey, how likely are you to shame a neighbor, get vaccinated, recommend a vaccine to somebody else, whatever, right? So here, they, after they ran these different messages out there, and we'll go through these because it's that important to go through this one more time. So they had baseline here, and then they had self-interest was a message and so on. So these are all different messages down that left axis there. And then there are three boxes of things that they were measuring for. First was intention to vaccinate. And this would have been the zero line right here. And as you can see, every single message they tried bumped people up at least over to here just to have a higher intention to vaccinate after they exposed them to various messages. And by the way, the messages were here from this study. They said, quote, messages that frame vaccination as a cooperative action to protect others or emphasize how non-vaccination might negatively affect one's social image, because we all know how much it matters that our social image is the one we want to project to the world. That's actually really important. So how non-vaccination might negatively affect one's social image, increase reported willingness to advise a friend and judgment of non-vaccinators. Now, this is what we just lived through. This othering, the shaming, the ostracization of non-vaccinators as the worst people ever who aren't doing their part, on and on. How did those messages come about? They came about because people, like the people who ran this study and others like them working in nudge units, were working very, very hard to figure out hard-hitting emotional messaging that would make people feel threatened and feel sufficiently personally threatened. Now, what kind of sufficiently personally threatened? Personally threatened what? Because of COVID? Or sufficiently personally threatened because your friends might decide to hate on you and ostracize you, right? So there's all kinds of threats that can be put out there. So one thing they measured was, what is your own intention to vaccinate? Another is, what would, how, is it sh- how, does, how does this messaging shift your thinking around, would you advise a friend to get vaccinated? And then the third category was, hey, how vigorously would you judge a non-vaccinator? Right. So they're looking for the right messaging and the ones that have the most impact and the ones that have the most impact here were I've highlighted them here is um, guilt, uh, community interest. I'll tell you what these are in a minute. Embarrassment. Surprisingly, anger was okay, but but not as strong Uh, anger. So I don't highlight that one. Not as strong as what was called not bravery, which turned out to be very strong here in the strongest of them all in terms of judging a non-vaccinator. So we'll judge people harshly for not being brave. Uh, Trust in science was strong and uh, personal freedom was very, very strong. These two, economic freedom and um, community economic benefit, meh, not really so hot. So numbers one, two, and then these bottom two at the, eh, not so much, but these middle ones here, these were awesome. So let's take a closer look at these and, and what these really are, because this is this is important. They called them treatment arms. Every one of those horizontal rows would be a treatment arm. So treatment arm three is this one around community interest, right? Um, so let's look at that one. And here's the statement that they would read to somebody, right? And expose them to this and then let some time pass and then ask them questions to see if they would be more likely to judge a non-vaccinator, advise a friend, et cetera. Quote, stopping COVID-19 is important because it reduces the risk that members of your family and community could get sick and die. COVID-19 kills people of all ages. And even for those who are young and healthy, 
there is a risk of death or long-term disability. Remember, every person who gets vaccinated reduces the risk that people you care about get sick. While you can't do it alone, we can all protect everyone by working together and getting vaccinated. Now, what's interesting is this messaging, I think you can recognize you were exposed to it and you saw it. They ran, you know when they ran this study? This was in June of 2020. The vaccines were still in their clinical trials. Nobody knew if they were going to stop community spread or halt the virus or even be effective or whether they were even going to work at all. None of that was known, but they already were working on the messaging as if they kind of knew that these things were going to come out one way or the other regardless. So just putting that timing in here. So this is one community interest. I've given it this little icon down here. And of course, even today, in the most deranged places out there, and New York State is amongst the most deranged out there. Um, and by the way, this is not a political statement, but the Democratic strongholds are a little bit more deranged on this whole thing than the Republican strongholds. I don't know why that is, but that's how it shook out in this whole thing. So here we see Kathy Hochul. This is just from uh, of last week I found this. Here she is saying, as we continue to contend with the effects of this pandemic on all our lives, we need to ensure that we're using every tool available. Throughout the pandemic, New Yorkers have been smart, looked out for one another. See, we're, we're carrying, we're carrying you know, community people. And taken steps to protect themselves and their neighbors, which segues perfectly into getting vaccinated and boosted, remains our best shot at protecting ourselves and fellow New Yorkers. And I encourage everyone eligible to sign up and get the updated bivalent COVID-19 booster, end quote. Now, she's saying that because if I drew a graph here of vaccine uptake, it looks like this now. Nobody's getting the booster because we've all caught on to the idea that these boost, the, these vaccines don't work against Omicron. And Omicron isn't that bad of a deal. For most people, it's kind of like a cold, particularly if you have early treatment and you have a prepared terrain. You got plenty of vitamin D and your melatonin is good and you've got plenty of rest and exercise. You're eating well. Eh, it's kind of a nothing burger for most people. But Kathy Hochul is still saying your best shot at protecting yourself and your fellow New Yorkers is to get the shot in an updated booster. Now, everybody knows at this point that these shots do not prevent transmission. So how you can still say this remains your best shot, get it, at protecting fellow New Yorkers is a bizarre thing. This is, this is so disconnected from the data, from the science, from what we know. It doesn't matter. But what it's totally connected with is this study, which says that actually this community interest thing scores pretty highly up here. The intention to vaccinate, the highest scoring thing is community interest. And it's based off of this treatment arm right here, which Kathy Hochul is still reading from this script, which was written in June of 2020. Even though this script does not apply to current circumstances, these particular variants or really didn't apply at any point, as we now know, anywhere along the way. And look at this level of unsubtlety, this lack of nuance, this lack of distinction. COVID-19 kills people of all ages. No, it does not, right? Technically, it sort of does, but not, no, it doesn't. It kills almost nobody at one end of the spectrum and a lot more at the other end, exponentially with age and comorbidities. 
right? But they're still running with that same one size fits all, no nuance, no sense of stratification, no sense of breaking out the risks, which aren't that hard. If you're older and you have comorbidities, you have a higher risk. If you're the opposite of those things, the risks plummet to near zero. Okay, so we know that, everybody knows that, Kathy Hochul doesn't know that, she is just full on insane at this point in time. All right, carrying on, uh, treatment arm four was community interest plus guilt, so they're stacking some of these things. Hey, community interest works so well, what if we threw a little guilt on top of that? Just a little, throw a little guilty guilt on there. So it was that entire statement we just read before, which is this one, which is treatment arm three, so it's three plus, three plus. Imagine how guilty you'll feel if you choose not to get vaccinated and spread COVID-19 to someone you care about. Just imagine how you'd feel, you know? So they tested that messaging out and that scored reasonably highly. Now, as we know, um, <laughs> they were running, they, they ran this, they tried to carry on that stupid story as long as possible. I can't, WebMD just totally, I, I've lost complete respect. What a complete useless organization and anybody who works there, y'all just time to re-examine your life choices because this is absolutely unbelievable that people who claim to be the standard bearers for medicine, which is science, my beloved science, they put an article like this out in April of 2022 where they say unvaccinated people create higher risk for vaccinated study says. Hmm, what kind of study? Well, let's read on. Glad you asked. People who don't get vaccinated against COVID-19, they say here, are putting themselves in danger and also creating a disproportionate threat to the health of vaccinated people, even in places with high vaccination rates, says a study published in, uh-oh, Canadian Medical Association Journal. Uh-oh, comes from People's Republic of Canada. We're gonna have to say grain of salt time. What do they say here? The study by University of Toronto researchers used computer modeling, up. Oh, eh. They use computer modeling. I looked at this study. We tore it apart at the time. There's a whole episode on it. It was atrocious. Garbage in, garbage out. They put garbage into this model. It was awful. It was one of the worst things. It got shredded online within minutes and completely destroyed. It is, has no credibility, but that didn't matter because WebMD had a point. They had a point. That study made the point for them, so they carried it forward like bad scientists do like bad doctors do, like bad, unbelievable online sources of misinformation and disinformation do. I'm talking about you, WebMD, not cool. All right, treatment on five was three again, three, remember the whole community interest thing, plus, well, we'll try some uh, embarrassment. Imagine how embarrassed and ashamed you will be if you choose not to get vaccinated, see, it's your choice, and you spread COVID-19 to someone you care about. Now, again, even just this phrasing, which I didn't pull out in the earlier one, would say, oh no, I spread COVID-19 to someone I care about, as if it's a death sentence, right? So what if I'm unvaccinated uh, and I spread COVID-19 to my 20-year-old child? Well, they probably have a cold for a week or, or a couple of days, or maybe they don't even notice. Maybe they're one of the 40% of people who are completely asymptomatic, or maybe they have a bad run of it. You don't know, right? But they make it sound like, oh my God, what if you spread COVID-19 to someone you care about? Like, it's like a death sentence, right? And we saw that, again, partisan, 
when they asked Democrats versus independents versus Republicans, if you get COVID, what is the chance you're going to end up in the hospital? And Democrats thought the chance was like 50%. Like half of them thought it was a 50% chance. And it's not. It's like a 1% chance across everybody, but not if you look at by ages. It could be as high as 5 or 6 or 7% up at the top. It could be zero down at the bottom. So again, see how they're trying to make it all one thing? Like COVID affects us all equally and we all have an equal chance and it's just a bad thing. It's, it's like it's a loaded gun and with you point it at somebody and it's a guarantee that something bad's going to happen. So they tried that messaging out. Okay, that, that, was, that was fun for them. Um, and, but this was one of the stronger ones was this one, Not Bravery. So I've brought in some uh, Monty Python, one of my favorite things to reference here. Brave Sir Robin did runneth away. Right. Not bravery read like this, quote, soldiers, firefighters, EMTs and doctors are putting their lives on the line to serve others during the COVID-19 outbreak. That's bravery. But people who refuse to get vaccinated against COVID-19 when there is a vaccine available because they don't think they will get sick or aren't worried about it, aren't brave. They're reckless, like drunk drivers. By not getting vaccinated, you risk the health of your family, friends and community. There is nothing attractive and independent-minded about ignoring public health guidance to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Not getting the vaccine when it becomes available means you risk the health of others. To show strength, get the vaccine so you don't get sick and take resources from other people who need them more or risk spreading the disease to those who are at risk, some of whom can't get a vaccine. So a lot wrapped up in that. They called that not bravery, but honestly, they're they're tagging on shame, embarrassment, ridicule, um, you know, ostracization, right? Where they're saying basically you should be shunned. You're a bad community member. You're you're out there just harming other people. That's not just not brave. That's like somebody who deserves to be voted off the island. They have their candle should be snuffed. Out they go, right? So they're touching on a lot of these things, and not not surprisingly, when people were exposed to this sort of messaging. It was like, it's pretty effective, right? Um, and so, again, when we look around in the universe, I could have pulled up hundreds of examples of this. This is in frontier, frontiers in medicine. Uh, that frontier is like in the rearview mirror like 50 decades ago. Uh, here's a review article from January of 2022. They write here, Wired to Doubt, Why People Fear Vaccines and climate change, and mistrust science. See how they did that? Smashed it all into one spot. Oh my God, these ignorant, science-hating, stupid people who they mistrust science, which is wrong. They doubt climate change, which is really wrong. We all know that. And they fear vaccines, totally wrong, right? So they put it all into one spot by Jeffrey P. Dobson. Remind me, Jeffrey, never to read anything you put out ever again because uh, it's just useless, you're wasting my time. But to be less subtle about it, Piers Morgan writing here in November of 21, having been exposed to treatment arm seven through some sort of messaging, said here, imagine being scared of having a safe, well-regulated four-second vaccine shot when previous generations braved gunshots for years on end to save us all from tyranny. Anti-vaxxers really are a bunch of spineless pussies. Thanks, Piers. Um, way to go to show that you are actually highly susceptible to messaging and programming in the nudge units. Man, they caught you with this one hard. And I know how they did it because they had people like this working hard to figure out how 
to get your little mind broken like that. By the way, I'm gonna bet you anything, these two cracked a glass of champagne over seeing this particular tweet come out of Piers Morgan, who's a very famous media figure, because this says, man, we were effective, it worked. Our emotionally latent messaging scared the crap out of Piers Morgan, Matt Hancock with his scariance, all of that, it all worked beautifully on this weak-minded individual right here. So that's how it works. Now, um, carrying on, uh, treatment arm eight was called Trust in Science. And it reads here, quote, getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is the most effective means of protecting your community. That's quite an assertion to make. The only way we can beat COVID-19, the only way, is by following scientific approaches such as vaccination. Prominent scientists believe that once available, vaccines will be the most effective tool to stop the spread of COVID-19. The people who reject getting vaccinated are typically ignorant or confused about the science. Not getting vaccinated will show people that you are probably the sort of person who doesn't understand how infection spreads or who ignores or are confused about the science, end quote. So shame and trust in science and you're, if you, you're either with us or you're against us, you either understand science, part of the cool kids, or you're ignorant about science and how science works, right? So remember, <laughs> this was the science trademark, right? It became the science. So a number of things we're gonna point out about this. Um, NPR wildly confused. This, this just came out, this is in May of 2022. So NPR totally bought all of this messaging and programming and fear-based nudging uh, hook, line, and sinker. They say here though, this is how bad it is. They said here, and this is trusting the science. So I'm gonna use a little math here, which is part of science NPR. So let's try and stick with me real quick. The number of Americans who say they won't get a COVID shot hasn't budged in a year. So as of May, 2021, the number of people who are like, mm-mm, not doing that didn't change. And it was the same number a year later in 2022. And I'll bet you anything this year, it's gone up because now we actually, more people have been exposed to what we would call the truth of this matter. So writing in this thing, heard on All Things Considered, they wrote here about 66% of Americans are fully vaccinated, which is math, 34% are not. So two thirds, one third, hard to say that's nearly everyone, like they like to imply. Carrying on, quote, but as the United States approaches a million deaths from COVID, no, that would be with COVID-19 NPR, very important word change there. The virus mortality rate is being driven mainly by people who are not vaccinated. The virus mortality rate, they're very careful to say that. Notice they didn't say the all-cause excess mortality rate. You know why they can't say that? Because that's not a story that's supported by the data they got. In fact, that's an awkward nasty story that implicates something besides COVID as being the driver of that particular statistic. So they wrap this because they have to make their point. And it's not about truth, making their points what matters. So they say the virus mortality rate, that's what they say. Nationally, about one in six Americans say they definitely will not get the vaccine according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. One in six, you divide one by six, that's 16.6%. Now watch carefully how they use the programming to try and reinforce a given point. And this is what propaganda is uh, all about. And by the way, propaganda is not effective use of, of reason and persuasion to convince people of something. Propaganda is about using fear and emotions 
to try and drive people inappropriately towards a, adopting a position and or a set of conclusions that are not supported by the actual reality of the, of the circumstance. So that's propaganda. It's fear-based. It's emotion-based. It's not actually logical or defensible in any rational way. So watch what NPR does here. Quote, they find this quote here where it says, the ones that have been most likely to say they are definitely not going to get the vaccine have been Republicans and people living in rural areas as well as white evangelical Christians. So now we can see who we're up against, right? It's NPR, city people against Republicans, rural folks, and evangelical Christians. That's what they say. But notice this careful weasel wording here. The ones that have been most likely to say makes it sound like most of the people who are in this 16.6% are these people, rural, ignorant, Republican, evangelical Christians, right? That's how it sounds when you read that. You have to read down further. I had to clip a little to get further down in the article to find this actual statement. What does the survey actually show once you get near the bottom of this article? It shows that 20% of those who say they'll never get the vaccine identify as Democrats or politically independent, and 28% live in cities or suburbs. Um, So if 16.6% say they're not going to get vaccinated and 28% of them live in cities, 28% of of people who live in cities say they're not going to get the vaccine. Well, it's pretty clear that you can't say that most of these people are Republicans living in rural areas who are evangelical Christians. It just doesn't it it just doesn't stack up. Right. So it's pretty clear that there's a fairly broad cross section of people who've said they don't want these things. And you should ask them why NPR. And they would probably have reasons for you. Like I watched my aunt get one and drop dead the next day. I don't like these things. They seem to have been warp speeded. I don't see any safety data. I'm waiting for the clinical trial data to be complete because the phase three trials have not yet been completed where we could overall gauge effectiveness against proper risks on and on and on. Or maybe these people just noticed that these vaccines don't actually work as advertised. They're not effective. Maybe they have questions about safety. There's a lot of things that could come out about this. But the way NPR chose to go about this was to attack Republicans living in rural areas who happen to be evangelical Christians. And that is just a foul and it's disgusting. And it pisses me off. So remember... This is the kind of science that NPR does stand for. Remember this? This is I, I collected all these pictures from back in the time. Someday they'll be worth a million. Uh, they, that's it. That's how you defeat COVID. You put a plastic bag over every other urinal. Um, what they don't know is that some men will just consider that a special form of a challenge, and you've got extra cleanup duties that, that are you have to do. How about this? Remember this? I'm not going to play the video because I can't stand this guy's voice anymore, but Fauci said, I am the science, right? <laughs> Fauci, uh, some attacks against me, painfully ridiculous, he says. Yeah. Uh, he is the science. No, this is a cult. This is a cult. When somebody says, I am the science, there's your cult leader. Easy to spot. Very easy, right? But the people fell for it. This is the guy who, if you watch um, uh, Dallas Buyers Club, you will learn some of that in movie form, or you could read about it. This is the man who openly harmed the gay community by allowing AIDS to spread and pushing an AZT, which didn't work, which actually caused some people to die and blocked effective treatments. And the Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey playing the lead role in that movie, 
assembled itself, real story, in real life to figure out how to buy the drugs they needed and distribute them within the community because the NIH was busy blocking all of that. This is the guy that did that. So if you say, I am a proud liberal who supports, you know, whatever, this is the guy, and you support this guy, something's out of balance in this story because this is a nasty guy. Totally awful human being, full stop, harmed a lot of people and did it then in the 80s and did it again here in the, in the 2020s. So, but he is the science, right? Remember, here's another great moment in science, right? So they took the, took the net down, screwed some, some uh, two-by-fours over that so the kids couldn't be outside playing basketball because this, this, was, this was the science. Meanwhile, they're coming up with this crafty messaging to say, but if you don't take the vaccine, you're a wingnut, you know? You're ignorant and you're confused and you're just trying to harm people and you're reckless and you should be shamed. But this is how that got translated out into the real world. And you couldn't support this with anything. Huh? I wish that was then because that, that was actually a picture from um, 2020. But uh, how about this? This just happened just this week, this past week, where uh, Novak Djokovic, unvaccinated, unable to enter the United States, won't play in the U.S. Open. This is just embarrassing, just full embarrassing, because because we know, everybody knows, the jabs, the jabbed people are getting COVID, in some cases many more times than people who aren't vaccinated. doesn't prevent anything, total nonsense. But, of course, a main tactic of psychological operations is that sometimes you have to come out specifically with things that are complete nonsense. That's part of keeping everybody off balance. Like when you're busy, this is shocking. This is shockingly nonsensical. You can't support this. You can't defend it with science. You can't possibly find anything that would, I mean, Novak, he's had, he's had COVID twice. He's got natural immunity. Nobody, I mean, look at his health. He's going to be playing outside really far away from other people. It, like there's not a chance in the world that this makes any sense, but you have to square this up with the idea that thousands of people per day are coming across our southern border with no vaccination records, no testing procedure. The government is loading them into buses and transporting them elsewhere to spread them and distribute them out across the United States. That's an active government program. The same government is also spending time saying this guy, this one guy in particular, can't come in the country, right? Um, so that's it's just pure nonsense, but it's not science. All right, treatment arm nine, what was that? That was about personal freedom. Quote, COVID-19 is limiting many people's ability to live their lives as they see fit. People have had to cancel weddings, not attend funerals, and halt other activities that are important in their daily lives. Look at that. People have had to do this, passive tense. No, no, they were forced to do this, right? The people didn't cancel that and not attend funerals. They were told they couldn't. Big difference. So they're trying to make it seem like, well, your personal freedom is just like people People did this to themselves. People, no, not what happened. On top of this, government policies to prevent the spread of COVID-19 limit our freedom of association and movement. And remember, each person who gets vaccinated reduces the chance that we lose our freedoms or government lockdowns return. Every person who gets vaccinated reduces the chance that we lose our freedoms or government lockdowns return. The beatings will continue until morale improves. While you can't do it alone, we can all keep our freedom by getting vaccinated. Right? So 
Uh, I This is the icon I came up with. That's an ankle monitor and COVID lockdown. So people got locked down. So, um, Ryan, let's just let's play some of this. I don't want to make it through the whole thing because I'm gonna. I have some quotes of this, but let's just listen to this. Here's an example of some things. Uh, this is from Dystopian Down Under at uh, Twitter. That's at Dystopian Down Under. Uh, posted this a little collection of people from Australia saying some things, and let's see if you can identify and begin to identify. Together, we will identify. Together, we'll do this. Uh, anything that sounds like one of these nudge statements, any of those things I just outlined, can you find any examples of that somehow carefully hidden in this messaging? If you are anti-mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. I don't care what your personal vaccination status is. If you support, champion, give a green light, give comfort to, support anybody who argues against the vaccine, you are an anti-vaxxer. Absolutely. Situation where to protect the health system, we're going to lock out people who are not vaccinated and can be. Save people's lives and save our economy and jobs and uh, the heartache that comes with uh, things going wrong. And I uh, just urge those people to grow a brain. But yes, there's going to be a vaccinated uh, economy and you get to participate that, you get to participate in that if you are vaccinated. Without being vaccinated, you won't be able to get any, uh, you won't be able to hide, you won't be able to get uh, a doctor to sign off uh, that you got an exclusion because there's quite set rules on that and doctors will be ordered. All right. The All right. will find the unvaccinated. So, <clears throat> That's what they will. Yeah. Quite set rules. <laughs> no, no, no exemptions. No exemptions. You get locked out of the economy. So let's go, let's go through some of this. Um, but first is a quick review. Remember the, the nudge unit pressure points are they, they hit you with shame. They hit you with embarrassment. They hit you with not bravery. Your pussies, right? Community interest, uh, guilt, and personal freedom, and trust in the science. So as we come through here, we had this first one by this lovely gentleman saying, if you are anti-mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. Ah, that's it. <laughs> right, mate. You're either for the mandates or you're anti-vax, right? No middle ground, right? So obviously, uh, you know, I don't care what your personal vaccination is. If you support champion, give green light. Give comfort, aid to the enemies, right? Support anybody who argues against the vaccine. You are anti-vaxxer, absolutely. Shame, guilt, trust in science, all of that. So they're working this messaging hard, right? So I guarantee you this particular thing, which sounds so unscripted, guaranteed you practiced in front of a mirror. There's a very specific script given to him by the nudge units because they already knew which messaging was going to be most effective to shame, guilt, trust, in science nudge people in Australia to do the things that they wanted them to do, right? Next up, uh, Dan Andrews here, just an awful human being saying in a situation where to protect the health system, we're gonna lock out people who are not vaccinated and can be personal freedom, community interest. This is like just hitting, again, these are very carefully scripted statements, right? Thinking people just thought of this stuff on their own is naive, not how this all works. This gentleman saying to save people's lives and save our economy and jobs and the heartache that comes with things that go wrong, I just urge those people to grow a brain. Shame, embarrassment, community interest, trust in science. Again, these are all very, very compact, very pithy, very well-crafted statements that were designed by nudge units to do something, right? Now, was that the right things to do? Listen, if it was, we wouldn't have excess deaths today that are 10, 15, 20, even as high as 40% 
above where they should be here in 2022. If we just let things run their course, we would have had a bad first wave, a less bad second wave, and a less bad third wave, and that's the nature of how viral pandemics tend to go, particularly ones that are not all that lethal, which is definitely what COVID is and was at that time. All right, so, um, you know, this is the kind of stuff we had to put up with. This guy, John Hislop, horrible human being here, writing even as recently as January 2023, saying, anti-vaxxers, the mRNA in the vaccine is a toxic substance that's destroying our health. <laughs> Earth to anti-vaxxers, you have mRNA in every cell in your body and would immediately die without it. He counts himself as a physician, a specialist in family medicine, an educator, um, and, oh, no patience for those who push quackery. So, John, um, to say that mRNA in the vaccine is the same as the mRNA in your cellular body is um, anti-science. It's ignorant. It's not very educational. And um, if you were the family medicine doctor treating my family, I would fire you right away because this is an absolutely um, flat earth kind of a framing right here. It's really poor, poorly done. Um, I think I know what you're trying to do, but this is uh, really poorly done. Nobody's afraid of mRNA. People are concerned about taking foreign mRNA that codes for a spike protein. John, Earth to John, why would they code for the entire spike protein when we hadn't characterized what the biological effect of that biologic product was going to be inside the human body when that new protein, that novel protein, gets manufactured and expressed and then pushed into the bloodstreams of people when that protein we know binds to ACE2 causing things, which has six amyloid sequences in it, which can cause proteins to misfold, which may have some initiating uh, issues in the clotting cascades, which we know are all messed up, which has four GP120 uh, repeats in there from the HIV protein, on and on and on. This is a weird spike protein. Why, Mr. Anti-Quackery, wouldn't it be true that the vaccine manufacturers would have characterized whether it was right to use that whole thing or just antigenic fragments of that that didn't have the full biological activity? Why would we do that and put that into people without characterizing the biologic activity of what was going to happen when that spike protein is expressed inside of a person? We don't know any of that stuff. That's not quackery. That's called science. So you should try and get some of that, particularly if you want to consider yourself to be an MD and a PhD. Really poorly done right there. But this is the level of bravery that pops out when people are exposed to the nudge unit's messaging and they feel confident that they can go forward with, this is, a, this is an attempt to shame. He's like, oh, oh, is it open season on shaming ignorant anti-science people? I got something. Ham-fisted, poorly done, not well executed, unfortunately for you, John, screenshotted by me. Um, but it's just terrible. And of course, we had Dr. Lena Wen saying things like we can't trust the unvaccinated, though that was awful, right? That was just flat out bad, but not as bad as this. Nobody went as far or as bad as the Toronto Star up there again in communist Canada. Uh, this was wildly irresponsible othering. I've shown this one before, but this is really, this is really bad. Front page, by the way. So this is Thursday, August 26, 2021. Front page, 72 point font or whatever that is. Giant says, if an unvaccinated person catches it from someone who is vaccinated, boo-hoo, too bad. I have no empathy left for the willfully unvaccinated. Let them die. I honestly don't care if they die from COVID, not even a little bit. 
Unvaccinated patients do not deserve ICU beds. At this point, who cares? Stick the unvaccinated in a tent outside and tend to them when the staff has time. So that's, um, anyway. This is really wildly irresponsible to take this deranged, unhinged, horrifyingly terrible point of view in giving it top billing front page space. It's an endorsement of it. So we know where the Toronto Star lies. They endorsed this level of anti-science quackery and BS and hatred and othering. But of course, what happened? Well, they were just pushed a little bit. And we know how that pushing happened now. So as I showed in the earlier episode, Matt Hancock, the Labor Health Secretary, sorry, Health Secretary out of the UK, called in a favor with George Osborne of the editor of the Evening Standard. And that was on April 28th. And of course, on April 29th, because what Matt wanted was a little more testing. And of course, right there, front page, that's how this stuff gets on the front page. And of course, the Evening Standard is this horrifyingly terrible, nasty um, uh, rag that was out there just amplifying nudge unit messaging to ramp up the emotional fear so that people would be more compliant and do things. And the Toronto Star did the same thing, right, of course. And this is just the world that we live in. Now, because that's been exposed, it's really important to understand. The reason I do this is so that you understand that these psychological nudge unit operations, they didn't just happen in 2020, 2021. They were happening right now. And I can watch them happen. They, they ripple across the social media space with alarming regularity. And sometimes they're there to create racial divisions. Sometimes they're there to create gender divisions. Sometimes they're there to um, you know, make us feel like we're all alone with our crazy thoughts. Um, they're called conspiracy theorists all the time. Isolate, separate, other, divide. Ah, but you divide and you conquer. So the way that we get around this is something that I've been talking about back at Peak Prosperity with my tribe. The way we get around this is, A, you recognize it, and B, you don't accept it. I do not consent to being nudged. I do not consent to being manipulated. I do not consent to giving up my freedoms, my rights, all of that. There's no big, giant, all-seeing government that has my best interests at heart. Not how it is, all right? So the summary of this particular section is this. Um, first up, uh, we know that they lied about COVID case infection rate data making it seem worse. We know that they deployed the media to run all this nudge unit messaging, which we've just discussed here with the aim of scaring people to make people more compliant, to just blindly follow along with government rules and edicts, no matter how anti-scientific, unscientific, stupid, patently, obviously anti-common sense those rules and edicts may have been. The point was not about creating better health outcomes for people. The point was not about having a better economy or experience for people. The point was about your compliance and their control over you. That was it. Everything maps into that conclusion. Nothing maps into this being about what was best for you or me. We know that they lied to create more alarm in economic harms as a means of driving people to get more vaccinated. It's a means to make themselves richer personally as a means of creating more power and sense of control for themselves, grubby, awful, nasty human beings entrusted who then broke that trust. That's very, very bad. They use these variants as scariants to get more panic and fear. They blocked effective early treatments. They promoted really harmful hospital and at-home treatments. We're going to get to that in the final episode of this installment three of this particular series. We know that they hid vaccination harms, gaslit people, 
wouldn't admit to any of it. Awful the way these people have been treated who were legitimately harmed by these things. And then we know that they overplayed the effectiveness of the vaccines and then they hid the data and then they massaged the data. And even when they couldn't massage the data to finally hide it enough, you know what they did? They stopped reporting on the data. So the data was a shit show. The reporting was bad. The journalism was bad. All of this was just awful. Um, So what do you do about all that? Well, we have to band together. We have to come together and push all of that out, right? So we understand what's happening. We track it. I'll do that for you. I'm the information scout. I will assemble all of this so that we have a shot at understanding what they're doing, how they're doing it, so we can inoculate ourselves, insulate ourselves from that. And we got to get ready for the idea that we need each other and that there's some really tough times coming because these people, they're horrible. They're really bad at what they do. They're knuckleheads, knuckle draggers, and they don't care how much damage they create and they don't have any sense of history, context. They're just like freeform pinballs with little like wrecking balls just smashing their way through life. And unfortunately, they're in charge and there's not any way I can see of getting them out of charge in time. So guess what? We have to figure out how we're going to take care of the basics. These next few years are really critical. Are you resilient? Are you as resilient as you need to be? Well, hey, this is the gardening channel, ultimately, the Gorilla Gardening Channel. I want you to garden. I want you to get ready for um, supply disruptions. I think you need to get ready for a pretty nasty economic disruption that's coming. I think anything that you can possibly do today to get ready for more turbulent times coming Anything you do today is going to seem like a huge overreaction to you. Two years from now, looking back, anything you do today is going to look like a complete underreaction. Hey, I might be wrong, but I'm not confused. This is just the world we live in. Now, remember, it didn't have to be this way. And your future doesn't have to turn out the way they want it to. So take charge, take control. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So spend time with good people who see this, see this clearly, have clear minds, are able to process common sense, can still do math, understand what science really is, what it really isn't, but most of all, aren't falling victim or prey to this craziness. I'm sorry, you have friends, family, colleagues, loved ones, fathers, mothers, grandmas, sons, daughters, whatever, who have fallen for this. You got to write them off. And, you know, when they come back around, if they come back around, then you can, we can all be welcoming and invite them back in. But people who have fallen for this programming, they got a long road in front of them. Let them walk that road at whatever pace they want to. Meanwhile, you should be getting ready for the idea that there's more turbulence and disruptions coming because, again, there's just no chance that these people who got us into and then tried to lead us through COVID and whatever that meant for them, Um, obviously are not up to the task of dealing with a complex world of nuance and subtlety and difficult decisions and accelerated low information trade-offs. Those are the people you got to find and hang out with. A lot of them are hanging out at Peak Prosperity. Come on by. We'd love to see you there. Become a member. Read the crash course. Take that. Look at my other material. Talk with the other people at Peak Prosperity and you will have a shot at not just surviving but thriving through the next period of time to come. Thank you for listening. See you next time.